0: Um was overall pretty good. I joined hot yoga, so I'm really happy I did that. I'm already feeling so much better. Um and I, I've been going with my friends too, so that's been fun. Nice. Um I did the meditations that you sent me and I've been meditating every day. Lovely. So that's been helping as well. Um well,
1: what was it like doing the meditations?
0: I used to always do like inner child meditations years and years ago, but I haven't done one in a while. So, it was it was nice because I've noticed a lot of things popping up with my mom recently, so I've kind of been coming back to that. What's
1: been
0: popping up with your mom? Um, so my mother means well. She really she really does try. She's just very um like smothering. Um, I'm 26 years old. And my goal this year is to move out because I feel like suffocated by her. She doesn't allow for me to have freedom. Um, And she's very like in my business, like she'll go through my mail. um, and, And because I quit my job in this last week, I haven't been working. She's so livid that I quit my job. She told me, like, you're lazy and you can't not work. And she'll wake me up at six in the morning. She's like, you can't sleep in since you're not working. And it's just been like, I'm trying to keep my cool and like be compassionate. But it's just, you know, it's it's hard sometimes.
1: What is, what is the voice in your head say about your mom?
0: That she doesn't want me to grow up. It's um, it's interesting because she'll tell me that I'm immature and I rely too much on her and I, I'm not a responsible adult, yet she'll kind of put barriers in my way for me to grow and like leave the nest, so to speak. So it's just frustrating. Like I told her I want to move out and I, I'm trying to move out of state. And she, t- she like, tells me, like, you'll never be able to live on your own. You can't even cook. Um, and she's like, you have it so good here. Why would you want to leave? And, like, I'm 26. I'm not even allowed to sleep over people's house. Like, she will freak out when I do something she doesn't want me to do. She won't talk to me for days. She tells me, like, stop acting like a whore. Like, I- I'm making her sound so bad. But it's, no, I know don't. she. <laughs> you're,
1: you're not doing anything. You're you're sharing what is happening in your relationship. Yeah, and we have to look at it because if she's telling you, you know, you're lazy, you can't live on your own, like that messaging is major. You know what do you what do you say back or how do you handle it when she says that?
0: I've learned to just kind of agree to disagree and walk away. Mm -hmm. I used to get very defensive and reactive and that didn't help because when you're coming from like that fueled, angry state, you're not even listening to what the other person is saying. Um, so I brought her, we've gone to therapy several times, which has been somewhat helpful, but I think there's a lot to still work on. Um, so when that happens, I try to just not fight back and just not personalize it and internalize it and kind of just like take time for myself.
1: Mm. So how do you feel about what she says?
0: Um, I just wish she was a little bit more supportive, especially with this whole not working thing. I really feel like I need this month to kind of decompress and it's not like I've been at home doing nothing all day like I've been so busy working on school and going to appointments and things like that and I started working on another book that I'm writing so I just wish that she would be more supportive instead of telling me that you're lazy you can't just stay in your pajamas all day like I can't believe you quit your job. You're not going to find a better job than that. And it's just kind of a bummer. But I can't really change her. I tried to in the past. Um, I just kind of have to change my relationship with her and how I respond to her.
1: Yeah, I think it's not about changing. I think it's just about, you know, the healing comes, I believe, in, in first off, understanding that what she's saying is not true and that it's not only not true but it's toxic and I don't think that that's a judgment I think it's just like a, like if someone's telling me you're worthless like I can in my mind be like well I reject that, like I'm not letting that into my mind, you know like that's not true, that's a toxic thought, I don't want that to get into my brain today and I don't think that it's You know, I think it's so first is understanding that what she's saying is not true. And then looking at her state of consciousness, because she is unconscious to be saying those things. And so seeing where she is, where her fear is, what do you think she's most afraid of?
0: Losing me, 100 percent, because... My father passed when I was 15. She never really dealt with that. Like she didn't allow herself to grieve. My mom is someone that doesn't express her emotions at all. Um, And also, well, I was adopted. I know I talked about this last time and it really hurt me growing up because it was supposed to be an open adoption. And my birth mother apparently would like send me Christmas cards and write me letters and my mom just hid them and threw them away. And when I was 18, I decided to connect with my birth mom on Facebook, and my mom got so angry. I was supposed to meet my birth mother, and my mom wouldn't let me go, and then my birth mom kind of just, like, stopped talking to me and blocked me, and it just really hurt me, because I think my mom is afraid that I'm going to leave her or something.
1: Mm. So she adopted you after she lost her husband, or were you already...
0: So she adopted me in 1994, my dad passed in 2010. Okay. So it was before. So she's
1: really got this fear of you leaving and how do you feel about her tether to you? Do you feel there's any guilt in you or do you feel that it's, it's how do you feel about that, that hook she has in you?
0: Yeah, I definitely feel like she's she's a helicopter parent for sure, but I do feel a sense of like guilt when I think about moving away. I know she's going to be in the house all by herself and she'll be lonely and even nights nice that I don't come like I don't spend with her, I always feel bad that I'm leaving her alone. So, there's definitely a a sense of guilt for sure.
1: It's, you know, it's A Course in Miracles says guilt asks for punishment. So if you feel guilty, you will manifest punishment. It could be you cut your finger when you're cooking. It could be you manifest, you pick someone who's going to punish you. It could be you manifest someone hits your car in the parking lot. It's... Any guilt is any time you're telling the universe, I, "I shouldn't be doing this," or "I'm doing something that's hurting somebody else," and you feel that weight, even if it's a under the surface guilt, you are manifesting punishment from from that guilt. And so it's so funny. My partner Tim, he got divorced because he was in a very unhappy marriage. And as soon as he moved out, and even though he has split custody, and he actually has his daughter four days a week, um, he immediately injured his wrist. And it was all of the guilt, and for a long time, just the wrist pain. And it was like, he left... And the divorce was just—he had guilt, like I'm, you know, I'm breaking up my family. Um, you know, all of this story that the ego says. And so, part of the healing is also looking at the relationship that your mom has with you is unconscious. It's it's an egoic relationship. You two have come in. It's a car. It's a karmic relationship that you're here to heal. So you she puts a lot of guilt on you and she tells you things that are toxic and part of your is going to be stepping out of that messaging and leaving and 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 teaching her that love actually is freeing love doesn't hold on that's not love love is i free you love is not guilt love is not one day when you have your soulmate you're not going to say you're not going to guilt him like oh if you go hang out with your friend you know you're leaving me here while you're going to hang out with your friends that's not love that's that's a special relationship as of course miracles calls it or an egoic relationship so that relationship which is a big part of your life because you are living with her that energy that you're in every day is, it's a lot. And so, you know, the guilt you feel needs to be looked at, you know, this all, everything comes back to healing. Everything comes back to forgiving her, even if you're not saying it to her, but seeing where she's not acting out of love and having compassion for her, you know, and, and, and not feeling any in any way responsible for her happiness because she wants to put that on you, and almost freeing. I know you told um, Ashleen about that cord cutting meditation, and I'm not saying letting your mom leave your life, but almost untethering a little bit from her so that her, you know, she, her energy is almost handcuffs on you, and that's that's not love. That guilt, that, you know, that weight on you is gonna manifest negative things in your life if you choose to carry it. But as Abraham Hicks says, there is no assertion in the universe. So no one can put handcuffs on you, not even your mom. You can let someone put handcuffs on you, but they can't force them on you. So part of it, you know, and I would say honestly i don't think it's bad to say if she does say something like you're lazy i don't think it's bad to say like you know mom when you say that it really hurts my feelings it doesn't motivate me to work harder it actually does the opposite it makes me feel so bad that i probably will want to work less because i have to now deal with the sadness and the emotion that comes up from that statement and it really hurts my feelings and and that's not helping anything at all. And it doesn't mean you expect her to change, but communicating that in a healthy way because I think you know it's it is toxic and you are there. So this journey, you know, which which is about you but it's also about healing from your childhood, from you know, your being adopted, from her not letting you go to meet your biological mom. Have you guys ever had a conversation about that, about how it made you feel?
0: Not recently, but in the past, yes. Mm -hmm. And my mom gets very constricted when I talk about it, that she'll just dismiss it and kind of, like, stonewall me. Mm
1: -hmm. So she just shuts down. Yeah. And, you know, and that's okay, because it's not about her receiving it. It's about you saying it. You know, if she can't receive it, that's fine. But it's about you sharing your truth because part of healing is shining the light of consciousness on something. You know, healing is dark shadow stuff, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's in yourself, it wants to hide. It doesn't want to be looked at. It doesn't want to be spoken about. It doesn't want to be brought to the light it wants to stay hidden and so the more you bring it to the light and talk about it the more healing it is and the other person doesn't even need to be willing to receive it for you to just talk about it in a loving way you know like there's something on my heart and and I'm sharing it with you not because I want to punish you not because I hate you but because I'm carrying this weight and the only way to get this weight off of me is to share it, to start looking at it. And, you know, I do think having conversations with her, and, and you can use her, her mean-spirited comments as a jumping-off point, you know, like you might even say to your mom, if she says you're lazy or you're not this or whatever, you, you'll never be on your own. You might say to your mom, you know, like, this is an example of something you do that really hurts me and I feel that this hurts our relationship. I don't feel as close to you when you say these things, and when you act this way, I it makes me want to withdraw from you. If your goal is for us to have a, a loving mother-daughter relationship, like comments do the opposite they made me want to spend less time with you they make me want to talk to you less they make me want to be around you less because at her core she does love you she just has an unhealthy understanding of what love is but she loves you it's just a dysfunctional love because that's all she knows she doesn't know that love you in a healthy way she probably grew up in her own dysfunctional love and so she's doing the best she can. so you might even pat it in like, you know, I know you love me. I know you're doing the best you can. I know you're not trying to be a mean mother, but I'm an adult and I'm a grown woman. And are we going to come closer and be, you know, more loving to each other? Or are you going to push me away? And 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 these comments push me away. You know, so in the moment, you know, just really opening up to communicating with her in a way that is healthy, in a way that you don't tolerate. I don't think being spiritual means you just, okay, okay.
0: You know, she's
1: just going to be mean to me all the time. Okay. You know, like you don't just take it. It just means you don't get angry. You don't shout. You don't, you don't react But you respond and that's part of you saying, no, this is not okay. Like, you know, I love you, but and it doesn't mean she has to receive it. Maybe she keeps doing it. Maybe she doesn't change. Maybe she says you're crazy. Maybe she gets defensive. That's okay. But part of it is just you starting to to use those moments to initiate a conversation because this is going to be part of the healing process is talking about things and looking at things and you know, and it's, 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 you know, what she did and what she continues to do is not loving, you know, what she did with not letting you meet your biological mom. That was not cool. That was not, you know, it's, there's probably pain in there. Like that's, you know, do you feel like you blame her a little bit or how do you feel is let's say, on a deep level, if one to ten, one is like you completely understand, you feel you've done the forgiveness work. Ten is like you do feel a pit in your stomach when you think about it, it feels heavy. Like where do you where are you one to ten in terms of of forgiving her for that?
0: Say like a four and a half, between a four and a five.
1: Okay. Okay, so yeah, so just looking at, and that could even be Tapping work too forgiveness work could also be the tapping work but I would definitely you know you could do a sending love meditation to her you know um, tap for forgiveness you could do an automatic writing meditation where first you just get to a centered state and you get into that connected aligned place and then you think about your mom and then you take out a journal and just right? Whatever comes to your mind. Like you could ask yourself what you could ask your subconscious mind in a meditation. What needs to be healed between me and my mom? What can I do to heal the relationship between me and my mom? What needs to be healed? What steps can I take? What thoughts can I let go of, uh, you know, you can ask in a meditative state and then when you come out of it and you're you feel you're in alignment, you can write down what comes up. But ask your intuitive guidance. You know, what is it? Is it is it more forgiveness work? Is it really there's a, a memory might pop up in your mind? You know, you might just just really start digging there because that's a that's a big your the relationship you have with your mom is big you know and so it's important to stand up for yourself in a loving way it's important to know that what she's saying is not true it's important to know that your intuitive guidance told you to quit your job because you needed a month to recharge and that wasn't refilling your spirit And this is what you need to do to stay sane and and happy because what's more important than making money or, or any real world thing is just waking up in the morning and not feeling like you want to cry because you absolutely cannot take another day at this place. Like, and if your soul is saying, take a month, recharge, there's something better out there, you know, and you have the guts to do it and you have the the bravery to, to follow your spirit instead of listening to the voice of fear that might have said, you're, you know, what if, what if you don't find something better? Uh, you know, a million, what if this, what if that? And you did it, you know? And so even when he tells you those things, you know, reaffirm to yourself, I'm brave. I'm a fucking badass, like, I quit my job because I'm listening to my soul, and only I know what's good for me. Only I know. My spirit knows what my next step is, and my next step—it's not my mom. If it worked my mom, I'd be living in with her forever, and she wouldn't even let me. She'd call me a whore for having sex at 26 years old. You know, like I—it's not listening to that. It's listening to my intuitive voice it's it's following that that's what's most important especially when the person telling you these this commentary is dysfunctional you know if she's if she's unconscious if she were conscious and loving and in an aligned state and said you know I see something Maybe there is fear in you and you don't see it, or maybe you are acting out of ego and maybe you can't see it, but I see something and I'm letting you know from love that would be different, but it's her unconsciousness, her fear that she's trying to put onto you and that's her ego, and so it's important to reaffirm in yourself that You are on the right path and you are doing the inner work and you are a great person and you're not lazy and you have been working hard and quitting a job doesn't make you lazy and taking a month to do soul searching doesn't make you lazy. And actually what this time in particular in 2020 with COVID and with so many people staying home and there's nothing to do anyway, there's nowhere to go. like. So much of this time is about that. It's about reflecting more and figuring out where you really want to be and what kind of job you want to have and what your next step should be. And and that takes time. You know, if you're working all day and you're coming home exhausted, it's not very conducive to do that inner work of figuring out your next step because you're drained. you know, it's, it's about taking that time for you so that you can do this important work, especially because you're so young that these are the years where your decisions will affect the rest of your life. So these are major decisions. It's not like you're taking a month off because you're figuring out, should I go to Florida on vacation or California? Like you're really looking at your next steps and your creating your life you know what's my plan where do i want to move how do i know what kind of job do i want to have like you need to do these things thoughtfully you need to wake up energize, exercise eat healthy meditate clear-headed aligned do you want to do this work from a place of i feel great I did my gratitude, I'm amazing, I'm strong, I've got my vision board. What sounds like fun? Ooh, what can I put on my vision board today? Like, And you want to do it from this excited, light place. And your mom's energy is heavy. So just be mindful that that's not the energy that's going to get you to your next step. The energy that's going to get you to your next step is going to be I'm amazing and I'm getting clarity every single day and I'm opening up to intuitive guidance. And what am I excited about? And what, you know, it's that open receptive state that's going to all of a sudden you're like, Oh, or you're going to meet someone, or you're going to type in some website and something's going to pop up, you know, like it's that those synchronicities are going to come when you're in the receptive state. So just being mindful that, you know if you're around someone unconscious and she's telling you these heavy thoughts you know speak up for yourself reject them affirm nope I'm on the right path because I'm listening to my intuitive guidance and I cannot listen to unconscious people even if it's my mom because she doesn't know anything she's unconscious and I have unconscious family members My father is the most negative person I've ever met in my life. I can remember when I was single and I was like really looking for love. And all I wanted to do was find my soulmate. And I ran into my father on the street and he looks at my tattoos. I have tattoos on my arm. And he goes, you know, randomly, he goes, you're never going to, no man is going to want a woman with tattoos. And I remember literally, I, that hurt me so bad. And I was super spiritual at that point, super present. And I didn't want to let that sink in. I was kind of like, don't no, I don't want to hear that. Don't put that in my mind. But it hurt me so deeply. It was like one of those things that plays in your mind. And it's so funny because when I met Tim, you know, one of the things he said to me, he's like, I saw myself with a spiritual creative woman from Brooklyn with tattoos and long hair and he likes tattooed, he likes the look of tattoos and it's so funny because my dad it's like part of part of part the wise part of me knew that I can only be who I want to be, my soul my spirit, I don't need to fit in I don't need to make the world happy with my choices. I have tattoos. i age. You know, I don't need to fit in with the world or my dad. I'm sure my dad would like to see me dressed a certain way, married, living this very singular vision of a life. And I'm not that. And that's okay. You know, and, and the truth is, my soul... Becoming who you're meant to be will often make your parents upset. You know, this path is not an easy path. When you listen to your spirit, your parents, you know, your family, people will think you're crazy. Like, there's a real, like, there's a real bravery with being who you're meant to be. There's a real, like, nope not listening to you this is who I'm meant to be this is the calling I feel I had a friend named Jackie but she moved away a couple years ago she all the while she was in New York and she's like very spiritual into law of attraction doing all the work she kept saying that her soul was calling her to move out of America she was like I have a feeling my partner is not in America I don't feel at home here it's just not work it's this is not where I'm supposed to be So she decided she was going to move back in with her mom to save money for three years because she was going to make this huge leap to go to the Canary Islands and live there. And so she had to deal with, like, getting a job out there is difficult because you're not a citizen, you know, all this stuff. Everyone thought she was crazy. Like, she moved back in with her mom. She was saving money. She had this whole plan. She had to leave America. Our whole friend group thought she was crazy. I didn't think she was crazy. I just kind of wanted to see how it all was going to play out. I was like, oh, wow, I wonder how this is going to be. She wound up moving to the Canary Islands. She wound up teaching English there and also teaching yoga in the evenings. She fell in love the first month she was there. She's still there. She's living with her partner. She loves the Canary Islands. She loves like, this is everything she ever wanted. And she had to sacrifice because she had to save a lot of money to make that leap. Um, And she, and people thought she was, her mom thought she was crazy. I'm friends with her brother Jonah. Jonah thought she was crazy. because she would tell them, she, like She the universe told me that my soulmate is in the Canary Islands. And, and I believed her, but other people thought she was bananas. They were like, there's plenty of good men in New York City. And she's like, I don't feel this is where I'm supposed to be. I feel soul's path right now. And that's what you need to do. And only you can walk it. And this is about... The relationship between you and your spirit the personality self Lauren who is sweet and into spirituality and you know has all these likes and dislikes and judgments and opinions and your spirit which is just pure consciousness and this is about when your spirit says it's because that's where you need to go that's your journey to walk and you can just say no 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 I can't I'm afraid I can't because you're going to be stuck you have to go you have no other choice so you're brave and I want you to really know that and feel that and, and know you're doing badass work this is not easy work that you're doing and you're committed to it and you're living a lifestyle that is not easy to live because I live it and the, the voice of the ego is loud and the voice of spirit is yeah yeah what (laughs) could you speak up a little you know could you give me a sign you know I'm always like I don't know what's that I'm gonna need a sign universe like this is gonna need to come in the form of a sign you know so you're listening so that's beautiful so you know untethering from her in a way where you just see that you're on your own journey and you can forgive her, and you can love her, and you can honor her fears as they rise up without believing them, and you can reaffirm, I am an amazing daughter, and I am strong and independent, and I don't need to be, you know, handcuffed to this person. I free her. I free her. I free myself. I am not guilty. I am innocent. I am a good daughter. I deserve love. You know, really look at you know look at look at any sort of guilt she could put on you. I'm a good daughter. I'm allowed to move out. I give myself permission to move out of state. Right? Part of what could be keeping you there is that guilt. So you want to let go. I give myself permission to move out of state. It's safe to move I'm a good daughter. I can be a good daughter and I can I can be the daughter and I can have my own place. I can be a loving person and I free myself from this. Like that's part of the reprogramming work too because you don't want to be tethered to that house. You want to keep giving yourself permission to leave, to really leave. I, my mom's the same way, but it wasn't about staying in the apartment. My mom wouldn't want me to leave Brooklyn. When I was younger, one of the questions my mom asked me a million times and I started to see this when I started meditating she would say because I would I had all these dreams when I was younger I said I'm gonna be a famous author I'm gonna have a big house I'm gonna have this I'm gonna have that she would always say you're not gonna leave me right if you become if you become a famous author you're not gonna leave me she said that to me like a million times and think about the messaging of that. You're not going to leave me, right? So, you know, and that's where a lot of my tapping work was letting go of that family paradigm of like, I need to stay with this tribe of dysfunctional people. Like, no, uh, my journey is I need to become more successful, more loving, more in, in the most healthy relationship, manifest the most abundance, travel as much as I fucking can, like, that's the healing is like i'm gonna show you guys that you don't have to stay here you don't have to stay in this small life with guilt shame and lack you can yeah i am gonna be successful and i am gonna leave and i'm gonna get a big beautiful house and i'm gonna travel and i'm gonna go to paris and i'm gonna go to italy and i'm gonna bring you back presents and you could leave too you know, you don't need to stay either. I'll leave. You leave. Why don't we all follow our own joy? Nobody is 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 trapped. So it's like in seeing that, and just the continued giving yourself permission to go. then you know, imagine yourself leaving. Imagine yourself. What state do you want to move to?
0: Uh, my heart keeps going back to Tennessee.
1: Tennessee. Do you have a vision board?
0: I do. I need to update it. I try to make them, like, once a year, so it's about time.
1: Yes, Tennessee. I love that. See, that's where you need to go, and it's good that it's in another state. I think, honestly, that healing is also going to come when you're away from each other. I think sometimes being in that close proximity is... You know, it's tough. So you did the meditation. You had stuff coming up with your mom, which is good. It's coming up because it's time to start healing that and looking at it and it's time to leave her. So to leave her, you have to free yourself from her and, you know, say, nope, I'm leaving. This is not, I'm not tied to you. I'm not connected to you. I'm on my own journey. If my soul and your soul maybe made a pact, in three lifetimes before this one that we were gonna stay together i am letting go of that pact i am not tied to you
0: you know i i let
1: go of this with love i free myself from any contract we had that we would be in the same house or in the same zip code or in the same energetic situation you know because healing is i'm letting go you know so what else Did anything
0: else come up in the meditation? Well, what you're saying right now is really resonating with me. Nothing else that I could really think of came up. um, But I I used to always do the loving kindness meditations for my relationship with my mom. And it's really interesting. A couple years ago, um, I had a great therapist. And she told me that a lot of the partners I go for represent the same qualities to my mom and I I never really looked at healing mother wound relationships before then but then I made a list of like my ex-boyfriend at the time who was just extremely abusive and narcissistic and I made a list of stuff that my mom portrays like invalidating me constantly like gaslighting me, punishing me, guilting me and I was just like Wow. That is like, it was a crazy connection.
1: That's right. That's your mom's relationship with you is the first love relationship you have. And it's the first, like first formative years of your life that taught you what love is. Love says you're lazy. Love says you're never going to make it on your own. Love beats you down and criticizes you and judges you and guilts you and punishes you. So that's your programming. So knowing that, reprogram. Love is freedom. That's not what love is. Read the Bible. The Bible, there's a whole verse. There are verses on what is love. Love is kind. Love is patient. Love holds no grievances. Right? Love doesn't, love doesn't say You know, uh, love doesn't throw things in your face. Like, well, two years ago, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, that's not love, you know? I had, we had a, Tim's ex-wife was sending crazy texts two weeks ago, and he couldn't see that she was being a lunatic, and she was throwing something in in our face from months ago. And I said to him, because he was like, well, you know, uh, I said, listen, What is love? What is consciousness? Does consciousness keep records? Does consciousness say, well, on January 16th, last year, you said such and such and you did such and such. So now I get to say such and such and do such and such. No, that's not. Consciousness forgives. Consciousness loves. Consciousness appreciates. Consciousness is honest consciousness is light. That's what love is. Love is okay, you you want to go. Your soul is telling you to go. Go. God bless you. I, I'm holding a vision for you that if you go to Tennessee, I'll come visit you and you're gonna I know you're gonna be successful there and I'm so proud of you and I think that's exciting and I wanna help you visualize and love is supportive. Love is encouraging. So it's learning what love is so that when you are dating someone and you see the slightest, the slightest hint of not love, you run. The slightest hint that reminds you of your mother, you run for the hills. You know, a little bit of criticism, a little bit of guilt a little bit oh well why did you do that you know and you start to identify it this is not consciousness and i'm not letting anything into my mind that is not from consciousness if you're not going to be loving and kind and put beautiful messages in my mind i'm not accepting that i'm not i had a friend the other day i was like i was so happy i was telling my friend i had good news and she goes well don't get too excited now and i said No, 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 no. I said, I am happy. Don't you come raining on my happy parade. And I said, even if things change in the future, I'll deal with it then. But don't start tampering on my fire. Who the hell are you? And she looked at me and I was like, in just the awareness of that, in just the awareness of, of that programming, looking then for partners who don't fall into that pattern. So speaking of how's Nick doing and what is happening with Nick?
0: It's, he's such a sweetheart. And I realize that my block is learning to receive love. Um, But it's just different with him because in the past, I've been in multiple abusive relationships and I always feel this like crazy chemistry and like very on edge having to act a certain way and feeling anxious and just like crazy in the beginning of a relationship. And with him, I don't feel that at all. I feel calm. I feel like secure. I feel like I could be myself. And it's just so weird because I'm not used to it at all.
1: So what's going on with you two? Are you smooching? Are you dating? What's happening?
0: He asked me to be his, like, exclusive, and I told him no. Why? I don't know. Honestly, I, I was in a relationship for two years, and we broke up in February, and so I... I really love being single right now and I don't know if I want to jump into another relationship. It still feels kind of soon and I just feel like every time I get in a relationship I regret it because I feel like I can't leave. I feel like I lose myself and I feel like I stay in relationships too long at the expense of my own peace and I'm just so, afraid.
1: So, so every time you get in a relationship you regret it? And you lose yourself. So what if, what would it look like if you got in a relationship with Nick and it was the most amazing relationship you ever had and all it did was make you just feel happy and joyful and connected and it just brought you so much pleasure and joy and delight. And it was just this fun part of your life that just was fun and light and easy
0: for some reason I just feel like that's not possible for me
1: because you suck
0: I suck at relationships
1: you suck at relationships (laughs) do you suck at relationships here's what's funny The you who thinks you suck at relationships is also the you who's telling you not to get in a relationship with Nick. So how can you trust that you? That's
0: a good point.
1: See, because the truth is you you are operating from that place. So you suck at relationships. That's not true. You don't suck at relationships. You've done as good as you could do from where you were. When you were 21, you did the best you could do from the level of consciousness that you had when you were 21, from as much experience you had, from as much as you knew. When you were 23, you did as as best as you could from that level of consciousness. The level of consciousness you're at now is different from when you were 23. And so you have to also give yourself permission to not keep thinking you are the you from 23. You're meditating every day. You're watching every spiritual video out there. You're doing all of this inner work. You have to have faith that results are happening. You can't just think you're doing all of this work, but nothing is changing in you. You won't know there's changes in you until you put it to the test. And how you put it to the test, you get in a relationship. And you see, what what could happen in this relationship? Am I still, quote unquote, not great at relationships? And you said, I'm quoting you, that's not possible for you. So you're saying, the voice in your head says, everyone gets to be in a healthy, happy relationship, but not me, everyone else but not me. Why, why can't you have a happy, healthy relationship?
0: I feel like relationships bring out the worst in me and my therapist helped me realize that I always go for unattainable, emotionally unavailable men that I feel I have to earn their love. And if a guy is emotionally available and interested in me, I will lose interest extremely quickly.
1: Did you lose interest in Nick?
0: No, but I'm afraid I will
1: but it hasn't happened know, it hasn't happened your logic is so screwy <laughs> so you're so- Okay, let me see if, if a guy is available you lose interest in him but you haven't lost interest in Nick he wants to be exclusive is he emotionally available Yes. and you like him so maybe you're not as screwed up as you think. Maybe this whole new age crap is actually working. Maybe. You are, maybe. Uh. So. So what. So what is keeping you from dating Nick? I haven't heard a, an actual answer.
0: I feel I'm scared that I'm gonna hurt him.
1: Okay. You're scared you're
0: going to hurt him. So it's not about you. You're scared on his behalf. It's, It's kind of both. I'm afraid that I'll regret getting in a relationship with him. And then I'll... I've never been... It's very interesting with me. I've never allowed myself to be broken up with. I'm always the first person to leave because I have this like fear of being left and even though I do leave relationships I feel so guilty for hurting the other person. Well this is all crap.
1: Why do you need to feel guilty? You're not responsible for Nick's happiness. If someone wants to get in a relationship both parties know, both parties have to know that there's no guarantees there is no guarantees on anything. Even if you get married, look at married people. How many married people get divorced? And even if I want to give you a guarantee, that's all bullshit anyway. I could I could look at you and say I'm going to be with you for the next hundred years. I love you more than anything. And we all know that you could say that in 2020, and come 2024, you're you hate each other's guts. So. Love has no guarantees, That's and that's not the purpose of love. The purpose of love is not you find one person when you're in your 20s and you stay together till the day you die. It would be lovely if that was the way it is because that's the way movies make you think it is. But the truth is, is you might have a sole contract with someone for a year. You might not always have this long term contract that's not the way it works it's you know even with friends I had a friend Christina who years ago we worked together for nine months and we said when we met we were like oh my god we were destined to be we both grew so much just knowing each other for those nine months and she wound up moving and she you know and I don't really keep in touch with people who are far away because I'm not good at that, but she and I said to her, she's like, I feel like we were meant to meet each other to change each other and grow we weren't meant to be lifelong friends like Tim always says to me, why don't you go visit her, and I'm like, you know I just don't feel like that was the point, the point was those nine months radically changed us, and so take the pressure off yourself that every relationship has to either end in marriage or you can't do it Either you're gonna be together till the day you die, or you just stay hidden and you say, I'm either single or we're gonna be together until the day we die. And there is no room for any other experience in my life other than that, because you're so young. You're so young. So you don't know, you're too young to even know what this relationship could bring. You know, It could bring a lot of good benefits. It might be that you and Nick are destined to be together for three years. And it could be that you and him grow insanely in three years. And you learn so much from that relationship. And you become confident. And you heal. And you love your body. And you look at fears when they come up. And he talks things through with you. You learn how to communicate. You learn how to when you get angry not yell at him and you learn when insecurity comes up you don't act like a lunatic like you could learn for those three years and then break up go through tremendous heartbreak for a year meet your soulmate at year four and your soulmate you and now are at an elevated place where you could only have attracted him having known all the things that Nick taught you like I was with a man in my 20s for 6 years and I swear he was my first soulmate I grew so much with him like I learned things from him I never learned from my crazy family and so by the end of our relationship I was at a whole elevated I learned how to love someone. I learned even the things I did wrong in that relationship. Like I nagged him way too much. I, you know, our intimacy needed work at the end. Like that, I wasn't fully ready to be intimate with him. Like, and in breaking up with him, I looked at my actions and even though I was heartbroken, when I found Tim, I was like, okay. Now I have all of these this information. Like, I have a tendency to nag my partner. Let me not nag Tim about the two mugs in the sink. Like this, just wash the mugs and be done with it, you know? Like, and let me work on these intimacy issues and really heal that part of me so I can really be open and really love myself and be sexually free completely. Like, and so. I needed that relationship. I needed that six year relationship. It wasn't a failure. It was an incredible success. And your your relationship doesn't fail if you broke up. That's not, I tell Ashley that all the time. How much did you learn from that relationship? How much did you grow from that relationship? That's not a failure, that's a success. It's only a failure because the world says you either stay together until the day you die There's no other options. It's ridiculous. It's like, this is the stupidest programming. And you have to do this when you're young and you're still learning and growing yourself. When I met my partner in my 20s, I was 21. What were the odds?
0: I'm afraid I don't know how to be in a relationship that's not toxic.
1: You don't know how to be in a relationship. Well, are there articles you can read and books you can read and intuitive guidance you can tap into and ask? And coaches, you can say, hey, by the way, I acted like a lunatic on Saturday. Could you help me not be a lunatic? Of course. There's resources. I feel like you, you have a lot of stories about all the things you can't do. I feel like your mom tells you you can't do things, you tell you you can't do things, and I'm just wondering if you just suck at all of these things, which, so you're lazy, you can't live on your own, you can't cook, you definitely can't be in a relationship. What? This is a long list of things you can't do, Lauren. I'm trying to figure out How can this all be true? You seem sweet and lovely to me. I mean I'm, you know, when you're in a relationship, you have to go on dates. You have to put on pretty outfits. You have to compliment them. You have to say you know, I'm so excited to be here. You look very handsome. You have to smooch. You have to you know, enjoy yourself and have fun and laugh and you have to be in the moment and you have to you know, have, have connect with this person who's so adorable and you have to understand that all they want to do is be with you because they like you so much and you have to understand that even though you don't like you so much and even though you think you can do all these things, they actually, for some crazy reason, they think you're pretty great and I just don't know what's wrong with them to come up with such a crazy conclusion that you're so great, I know you don't think you're great But this guy, Nick, he really, he's convinced himself, you tricked him because he really thinks you're amazing and he wants to be exclusive with you. So what is, so maybe it's the you that's afraid of receiving love that is coming up with all of these reasons why you can't meet with Nick. So what is the you? who's tuned in to spirit, what does she say about Nick? What does she think about this relationship?
0: That's a good question. I think I need to tune in more to that because I feel like secure. And like I said, I feel calm and I feel happy. But part of me is telling me that if I think it's my limiting belief that if I get into a relationship, I'll lose my freedom. And it just like, love always in the past, historically has ended in pain for me. And I just am afraid to be vulnerable and intimate with someone on an emotional level. And I can't wrap my head around why someone would want to be with me.
1: Why would they want to be with you? (laughs) It's like, you're gorgeous, you're sweet, you have a great smile, you're conscious, You're loving, you're generous, you have nice friends, you're positive, you're working on yourself. Boy, this Nick is a real dummy. (laughs) Why would they want to be with you? I... And still, with all this negative programming, you still manage to manifest an emotionally available great man who wants to be with you. So... You're not as messed up as you think you are because he is here. So the universe is sent him to you because you actually are ready, but you just have to act on it. Life can't force you to take your next step. It can present you with a next step and you can take it or not, you have free will, but you have manifested an emotionally available man. And when you talk about Nick, you are in the vortex. When you talk about Nick, you are happy. He makes you happy and calm If your goal. Let's look at it this way. Let's take romance off the table. Let's make the goal of life to be happy and feel good, right? When I'm happy, I'm aligned with my spirit. I don't even need to meditate, right? Like if I'm happy, if I can go play with a baby, and feel my soul light up like oh my god I love this baby this baby is is everything and spend an hour with this baby and feel that like (gasps) feeling I'm I that that is my meditation right like that's better than my meditation right if I can go to a comedy club and crack up for an hour and literally pee in my pants laughing that's the same thing as a meditation. I'm right in alignment with my spirit because I'm in joyful, you know, whatever it is, you know, I'm in a joyful state. I feel better and happier and joyful when you think about it and when you interact with it. Who is the, the you that's saying, don't do this, don't go there. It's almost like I run, I'm a runner. And when I run, I feel high. I come home. If I wake up and I feel in a negative state, like this morning I woke up, my stomach kind of hurt me a little. I was a little, there was sadness in me. I tried to figure out where it came from. I couldn't figure it out. I'm just calling it Corona sadness. I was like, all right, I'm a little sad. I'm a little ugh. Now I didn't want to run. I was like, it's cold. The cold weather is killing me so but I know that when I run every single time I run without fail I literally feel high I literally come home and I am just my body feels better my mind clears like I don't have to do anything all I have to do is run for one hour and I come back a new woman so why if I know that why would I not run every day who's the voice in my head who's telling me not to run so there are days Like yesterday, the voice in my head says, The Great British Baking Show is the new episode is out, and you could just make some butternut squash soup and watch the Great British Baking Show. And wouldn't that just be so good? Isn't that such a good idea? And who was that? Was that the loving part of me? Because okay, so now I'm just gonna watch TV, I'm gonna be on the couch, I'm gonna get in eating mode. All right, it's going to feel good for an hour. And then I'm going to wake up this morning, and now my back feels a little ugh. And I've been watching TV, and I've been eating, and I've been in this cozy mode. But I, it's not a great, it's like a TV mode. So the part of me that doesn't want to run is the part of me that hates myself. The part of me that says, Jesse, get your ass up. Put on your pants. One hour. You can watch the Great British Baking Show when you come back. You know, the soup is going to taste better after you run. She's the part of me that loves me because when I do that thing, it feels good. So the part of me that doesn't want me to do it, she doesn't want me to feel good, right? People who are overweight, they just can't receive that much joy because the weight makes them miserable. They're not holding on to the weight, they're holding on to the misery and the the sadness they feel from being overweight. If they actually wanted to be happy they would lose the weight. But they don't want to be happy. They want to be sad. So if you want to actually feel happy who makes you happy? Nick. Well what are we waiting for? Let's do it Lauren. Ask him out on a date. Come on. Let's get this show on the road. Your goal is happiness. all of this work you're doing and you love the work you're a great student. you love reading, you love watching videos you're gonna do every homework assignment. you love you've got your nose in the book. you're good at thinking about it. All your thinking is great. but what's the real practice? Jump in the pool, Lauren. Jump. Don't read really stop reading about swimming. Enough reading about, enough thinking about swimming. Jump in the pool. He's a different man and you're a different you. And if he goes unconscious, you can always leave. It doesn't have to be, you're not signing up. A date doesn't mean you're signing up for 20 years. You have to start taking it day by day, moment by moment. If you two go to outdoor dining, You're not, stop thinking about the future. What if I break his heart? What if he breaks my heart? What if this? What if that? All of this futurizing is keeping you stuck. Just be on the date. All we're doing is we're two people who like each other, who's eating a meal on the sidewalk because we can't go inside. That's all you're really doing. All of the, the thinking about it is crazy. It's all just ego. The thoughts about the date are ego. The date, really, is just, I'm with with an adorable man, eating some pasta, a little chilly because it's cold outside, looking at the birds, talking about his week. Really, there's nothing to be afraid of. In the present, if you're in the present moment, there is nothing to be afraid of because you're just eating with someone. And then if you want to kiss him and he wants to kiss you, you kiss each other. If you're in the present moment, you just feel his lips, you feel his hands, you feel his face, you would feel his hair, you feel his tongue, if you're in the present moment. If you're not in the present moment, you start f- feeling everything in the future that's coming and it makes you feel anxious and afraid and like you're going to die. But if you're actually in the present moment, there's nothing scary about it, you know, part of When I talk with people about intimacy stuff, everybody thinks they have to prepare for intimacy before the intimacy. And my thing is, no, the best way to heal sex issues is to have sex, is to actually take off your clothes. You don't love your body. Get naked. Put on the lights. Put open the the curtains so all the sunlight is in there. You hate your body. It doesn't matter. It's just a voice in your head saying you hate your body. Your body's not lighting up in flames because you hate your body. It's just the thought, I hate my body. Okay, so you hate your body. Take, open up the sun, the, the windows. Walk in front of your lover. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. I hate my body. But do it. And have sex with the lights on in broad daylight. Let them see you. Oh, you didn't shave your legs for a day? So what? This is not a movie. This is real life. Not a porno. You don't look like the sex does not look like it does in the movies. That's not what sex is. Bodies don't look like that. People don't, not everyone orgasms all the time or orgasms at the same time or or takes 40 minutes or 15 minutes or you know, none of these things are actually sex. Sex is this kind of like, hey, I, I you know, let's connect, let's spend some time. Feeling some sensations in our body. Whatever happens, happens at this point. No judgment, right? The judgment is the ego. The ego says, I need to look perfect. I could never walk around naked. You need to do this. You need to orgasm. I need to orgasm. I need to give oral sex a particular way. Am I good at it? Am I bad at it? Are you good at it? Are you bad at it? It's all this judgment. Like, there is no judgment. Just we're in the moment. In the moment, you're naked. I'm naked. Here's my body. Here's your body. Let's try to have some sense. No judgment. It's not good. It's not bad. It's nothing. It's connecting. It's, ooh, I like that feeling. Ooh, that feeling. It feels weird. Move. okay. Ooh, that feels better. You know, that's the the present moment. Your mind is futurizing, is categorizing. Your mind is freaking out. Yeah, it is. Your mind is freaking out. In the present moment, you have a man who's emotionally available, who's adorable, who makes you happy. You have no idea why he wants to be with you and your mind is not letting you have any sort of, your mind almost, your mind is telling you, I need to spend the next month devoted to this work. I need to wake up and I need to work. I need to make my vision board and I need to do my medicine. Check, check, check. I've done that. I've worked on myself. I did. I've got this orderly life, but that's not life. That's not the way. Life is messy. Life is what's presence. Presence is you show up naked and you say, what do you have for me? Ooh, this is me. Oh, I'm open to all things life. Oh, you have love for me? Okay, let's try a little love. Ooh, I have a job opportunity here. I'll go there. Have you ever read The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer?
0: I've read Michael Singer's work, but I've never read that one.
1: It's all about he did an experiment where for a year he just surrendered to life. And whatever came his way, he said, well, someone wants to... Move into my house. Okay, I'll go with it. It's all about going with the flow. Whatever life gives you, you go with it. Life has brought you an opportunity for joy, and it scares you. It doesn't feel like you can handle it. You are running away from an opportunity for joy, but it's the you who doesn't want, who doesn't believe she's worthy of joy, who's telling you to run. That's the you who you're like right now in your driver's seat, you're driving, you've got a life and you're driving, you're going this way, that way, the other, the you in the driver's seat who does not love you is telling you where to go. And in the passenger seat is your spirit saying, by the way, uh, there's joy that way. And you say, no, we need to go this way. And your spirit says, okay, well, uh, you're in the driver's seat. But it's the you who doesn't love yourself. That's who you're letting drive. You with the fears. The you who's futurizing. Your ego is running your life right now. She's running your life. She is in the driver's seat. Where are you? What 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 are you gonna reach? What destination are you gonna reach if fear is behind the wheel? Are you gonna reach a blissful? joyful heavenly state by listening to fear
0: no yeah i like what you said because part of me was feeling not ready but you said i wouldn't have manifested him if i wasn't ready so maybe i am ready
1: you are ready and here's another thing you're never going to feel ready i don't even Feel ready. I have been with my partner Tim for now over four years. I live with him and his teenage daughter. I have no idea what I'm doing. Most of the time, I'm making it up. I have no idea. I act like a lunatic, and then the next day, I say, Okay, Jesse, we are going to try this again. Here we go. You're never ready. You're never ready for anything. I don't feel ready for anything. Ninety-nine percent. Let me show you a book title. Now, hold on. I don't think I don't think this is the book for you because it's more Christian-based. But it's called "Do It Afraid."
0: Oh, I like Joyce premise, Meyer. Yeah, yeah,
1: Joyce Meyer. The whole premise of the book: Who's ready for anything? Nobody's ready for anything ever. You just jump, not because you're ready, but because. It lights you up, and, and you know it lights you up because when you talk about Nick, you are in the vortex. You go in the direction that lights you up. Tim and Vivian light me up. I don't know how to be a part of this family. I don't know how to be a stepmother. I have no idea how to deal with a teenager. I am clueless. I really have no clue. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. But this is what the universe brought me, so I must know more than uh, than I think I know because I've been here for a couple of years. You know, it, it happened. It, it manifested. So you have to jump. You have to. You have to jump, and you have to take back. Even if you're not sure who's in the driver's seat, knock fear out. Break up with fear. The voice in your head with the, you know, how could he listen to what you're saying? How why would he like me? Listen to what you're saying, Lauren. Why would he be interested in me? That's who's in your driver's seat. That you who's so insecure is running away from Nick. And she's going to want to run to Bob because Bob can't like her. But Nick can like you. He likes you. He wants to be your boyfriend. He wants to get in a relationship with you and love you. And he thinks you're beautiful. And he's going to love you in a way that your mom never taught you was actually what love is. He's going to be kind to you and good to you and love you and show up for you and support you and help you through this time. And you don't have to do it on your own. This journey isn't about you just have to do everything on your own and prove your mom wrong and keep keep her nose to the grindstone. You can be vulnerable. You can let someone in. You can do all that inner work and do all your action steps. And then in the nighttime, go have dinner and have fun and kiss and hold hands and have sex and love each other and, and tell them. Your fears when they come up and say, Listen, Nick, I have no idea how to be in a healthy relationship, but you are so goddamn adorable and I wanna be such a good girlfriend for you, and I am gonna do my best. And when I have fear come up, I'm gonna share those feelings with you and I'm gonna figure it out because you are just so kind and lovely and you're a great person and I want someone to love me and you are, well, I would say this, but he is that person, you know, and you, in saying yes to him, you're breaking your pattern. You see, you can't break your pattern by reading a book or doing a meditation. You only break your pattern by doing the thing. If you want to lose weight and you have subconscious beliefs that that if you that weight is a protective barrier from the world so you're holding on to 50 pounds because unconsciously you believe that the weight is protecting you how you break those subconscious beliefs when your mind says don't go to the gym and it comes up with 200 reasons not to go to the gym you say no I'm going to the gym I'm going to the gym when my mind says I'm not a good writer because it's insecure how do I break that programming I write. I say, fuck you. And I spend three hours writing. I write. You only break the pattern when you actually step out of it. So you are ready, Lauren. Your homework is to make out with Nick. That's your homework. I want you to just... Let go of control and see what life gives you. I know you want to control life. I know it feels safe. You just stay safe in your box and you keep love outside the box and it feels comfortable. And it feels scary to go out of your box because what's going to happen when you come out of your box? I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. But that's why it's so good because you don't know maybe you're gonna fall in love with Nick and have babies and get married maybe you're gonna last a month maybe you're gonna last four years maybe you're it's gonna be the best relationship you've ever had maybe it's gonna be the worst relationship you ever had I don't know you think you're ever gonna know you think you're gonna meet someone you think two years are gonna go by and you did all this work and you're gonna wake up and you're gonna say now I'm ready and you're going to meet someone and he's going to say, would you like to on a date? And you're going to say, he's emotionally available. And you're going to say, yes, I am ready. And now <laughs> I have arrived. I have arrived. I've done the spiritual work
0: and I'm done. I have arrived.
1: No, you're never going to be ready. It's never, you're never going to be ready. Like, it's never going to happen. You're always going to have that fear. It's just... You move through it, and you start to learn that the fear is crazy. The voice in my head, I'll look in the mirror, the voice in my head would be like, your teeth have messed up. You have dark under eye circles. Boy, you're this point, I was in the shower. I was like, boy, my chest is getting smaller and smaller every day. What's happening? Like, it's beating me up. This self-hatred is still coming up, but I laugh at it. I go, well, Tim likes small-chested women, I guess. I guess. The world doesn't see. didn't seem to hurt my life in any way, so, all right, like, oh, dark under eye circles? All right, I've got some foundation. I'll put some on later. You know, like, you don't, it doesn't go away. You just learn that it's crazy. It's just crazy. No, I have a great fucking body. I'm 36. I'm fit as fuck. You know, so what? I have small boobs. So what? Not everybody looks at Pamela Anderson. This is real life. You know this is it when i get naked in sunlight this is real life i don't look like a porn star i have fake tits i don't have you know this is not you know this is you being afraid and realizing that it's never gonna go away but you can have this delicious fun life and the part of you that doesn't feel ready is the part of you that hates yourself And the words you said to me about why would he like me, why would he like me, you know, it's like, that's not possible for me. It's possible for you, he likes you, he likes you. It's crazy to believe, but he does. So now all you have to do is just accept that there's an adorable man out there who likes you and wants to be with you and wants to go do outdoor dining and make out. And you just have to. How you have the burden of having to date this adorable man? Ashley would love it, right? Ashley would be like, "I'm ready. Let me get my false eyelashes. Let's go." Ashley would be ready. You want to go on a date? let's go she put on a skirt and She would be out the door like she's what time 1130 let me get my eyelashes on let's make it 1145 you are like date. you like me and meanwhile you're the one who it, the universe has brought this to so out of the two of you who's ready right now you're ready so think about that Well, it's a lot to think about and you might have to like yourself and just think about your good qualities Lauren why would someone not like you is the better question what is so horrible about you I don't see it maybe you're secretly horrible and I just don't know I don't know you seem alright to me You know, what is so bad that you don't deserve love? I think you're pretty great. I know your mom has told you you don't deserve love. But your mom is unconscious. Don't listen to her. She's not right. She's unconscious. You have to stop listening to her. You have to stop, you know, and just... Start loving yourself.